Hey there, listeners. Welcome to the official WNRG podcast. We believe the best knowledge is knowledge that is shared. Throughout our podcast journey, you'll hear advice from thought leaders, gain insight into areas of expertise other than your own, and hear the inspiring stories of others. This production is made possible with the support of the Women's Network Resource Group and the dedication of our core team. I'm Tara DeLucia. I'm Carmen Pantoja Evans. And I'm Brittany Lemaire. Make sure to text WNRG to 239-355 to have episodes sent straight to your mobile every Thursday morning. And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our buzz group, WNRG Podcast Series, or by tagging us. Today in the studio with us is Jessica Clark. We're so thankful that you uh, made your way here and is going to share a little bit about your journey and um, and I know you are. Your location is at the Hum Tower. Yep. And uh, so it's a um, it's a perfect morning to just come on upstairs. You didn't even have to leave the studio or leave the building. You just came on upstairs to the Hum Twenty Six. So, so just introduce yourself a little bit and a snapshot of your career journey. Okay. Hi everyone, Jessica Clark. Um, and um, so my career journey, I actually, out of college, I joined Accenture, which is a management consulting company. I usually try and keep that on the down low because we know how much everyone loves consultants. Now I guess the jig is up and everyone's going to know. <laughs> um, but I started, um, and as I, you know, as you sent me some of these questions in advance, I started to think about uh, my journey. And so I, I, when I think about it and my start as consulting, um, I think that's really sort of what's led me to where I'm at today. So I uh, majored in organizational leadership and I had a minor in finance. And um, when I joined Accenture, I got hired to do IT work. And um, at that time, I didn't even own a computer. Um, I always just did all my work in the computer lab at school, but I, for whatever reason, um, they thought I'd be a good fit. And I said, sure, yeah, I can do IT. Um, And so I got started and I had to write requirements and do all, um, you know, uh, lots of, you know, testing and working on the computers and, and things like that. And had never had any of that experience, but I just jumped in. And and within about a year, um, I got promoted to team lead over the team. And uh, from there, continued to just work at Accenture. Um, Eventually got into healthcare services and started consulting at other insurance companies. um, And really focused on process, uh, program management, care management, programs, um, strategy planning, Etc. And then the next thing I knew, years had passed when I thought I was only going to be there about two years. I was a senior manager, and the next step was to be partner. And along the way, I got married, and then I had my son. I started to, you know, wonder if this is the path I wanted to go on because once you become a partner, it's more travel, it's even longer hours than what mm-hmm. management consulting you do normally. And so after I had my son, I asked if there was a project I could do locally or from home. And there was actually a project at Humana. 
And so I worked at Humana for about uh, eight months or so as a consultant. And then actually uh, Lowell Stevens had an opening available. Mm. Uh, so I always thank Lowell for bringing me to Humana. Mm. And uh, so I, I took that job and, and took the jump over. And uh, from there, never looked back. I've really enjoyed Humana. I'm really happy I made the career change to stop consulting. Um, I think one of the things from a consulting perspective that people always tell you when you move into you know the industry is you're going to be bored and I don't know that there's been one day I've been bored at <laughs> Humana which has been which has been good how long have you been with Humana I've been with Humana it'll be seven years in February oh yeah time I flew by that doesn't it yes it does could you also give us um, what your your title is here at Humana yes my title uh, is uh, vice president of health quality and stars that sounds like, wow, really big. <laughs> it sounds really big. Oh, so did you, when you rolled into Humana, what did you, what was your title when you first came to Humana? So I started at Humana. I got hired as a director over the clinical PMO at that time, which is a shared services team. And over the couple of years as that team changed and new leadership came in, that team morphed to have uh, clinical project management, clinical consultants, clinical audit team, clinical learning and development, and managing the clinical vendor space. What, now I see here that you, you're in STARS. Yeah. Um, and I did a little research. And so I was trying to see if STARS was an acronym, yep. which it's not, I don't think. No, it's not. Okay. Yep. I know it's a, um, a ratings yes, type thing. So is. explain about that yeah. a little bit, please. Yeah. So STARS is a program uh, for that CMS, federal government, runs. And the reason why CMS created the STARS program was to try to continue to have payers focus on quality of care. And so what it is, is it's really focused on measuring, and there's approximately 40 measures. Measures can come into the program and out of the program. And it is measuring the success in continuing to pursue quality of care for for CMS, the beneficiary, uh, so Humana's members. Mm -hmm. And what the program does is it's a rating scale of one through five, five being the best. And what happens is, is that payers, so Humana and United and Aetna and Kaiser and, and all of the other mm -hmm. payers, we submit data to CMS. They get everyone's data, and it's similar to you being uh, in college. They take all of that data, mm -hmm. and then they set the curve. So what's a one, two, three, four, five star? So you go into the program, you go into the measure year not knowing what level is going to be the best performing and what one's going to be the lowest performing. And the idea of that is really being around pushing payers to continue to think about preventative health for members and encouraging the right medication adherence if you're diabetic. And it's really trying to push that quality of care. So you're always trying um, you know, to achieve the A or get the five star. And then if you get a four star or above, at a contract level, CMS reimburses and gives uh, qu quality bonus dollars. And those quality bonus dollars are then fed into the bids that are used to try and um, to set our benefits um, and what our premiums are going to be. So getting a four and a five star from a, a, a Humana perspective is extremely important so that we can continue to give the right programs and the right clinical management and um, you know, cover the right benefits for our members. 
uh, as well as to keep costs down. So STARS is a real key piece on driving quality of care. And by driving that quality of care, we're able to get bonus dollars from the government to feed back into our bids to make sure we're providing the right care and coverage for our members at the right cost. That's a lot of work. Yeah, it's fun. It's <laughs> <laughs> so important. It, it truly is. I, I came over from the market point for the retail side um, just, just a couple months ago. And I know that all of our agents that are out in the field and in the homes of our members, we always try to help communicate how important it is to, to fill out the STARS forms and make sure we have those submitted because truly having those good and those higher quality scores goes into having better plans that we can offer and lower lower costs to our members to deliver on these plans with lower co-pays and it's, some of the elderly people really have to watch what they spend so I think Humana bringing all of these wonderful value adds and having agents in the field to help explain this really really does a lot and says a lot for our company as well. Yeah, I completely agree. It, it is one of those programs where when you're working on it and um, having the focus on it, it really is around getting the members to have the best experience, to get the preventative screenings they should be getting anyways. Um, and so when I think about the STARS program and the revenue is important, but really at the end of the day, it's around getting our members that right quality of care, mm -hmm. utilizing the benefits they have available to them so that they can continue to live whatever best life it is for, the, for them that they're looking to achieve. Um, and so that's from a STARS perspective. Um, I always feel really lucky to every day be working on something that's ultimately driving, uh, in my opinion, uh, better member health outcomes. So is this, uh, this five categories, the five mm -hmm. different, um, the STARS ratings, mm -hmm. does, is it quarterly? It's yearly. So our last results came out uh, October 2018, we had 84% of members in four-star plans. We had two contracts at a five-star. So the enterprise should be Fantastic. really proud of that. Yeah. Yes. Congrats. Uh, yeah, thank you. I, I kind of take that on behalf of the enterprise because mm. it's a lot of operational work that our teams do as well as the markets and their focus on it. So I think it, it really is an enterprise achievement. And the, those announcements that came out in October are based on the majority of work that was done in 2017 and the beginning part of 2018. Mm -hmm. And then because it takes a while to grab all of that data, you know, set the one, two, three, four, five star, those results don't come out till October. Uh, but it's based on measure year 2017 and a little bit of work that's done in 2018. Mm -hmm. You get that in the fall. And then while you're, when you get those results, you're also finishing up the next bonus year, uh, which can get a little mm. complex. But CMS sure. needs that time to be able to set the one, two, three, four, five star ranges with the way that they do it and grading it on a curve. Um, so there's never a, a dull moment mm -hmm. as it comes to stars. As soon as you push out that paperwork yeah. for yeah. them to review, yeah. you're working on the next year exactly. or picking up. So yes. how, all this quantitative uh work. Mm -hmm. your, how big is your staff? You must have a good amount of folks that are supporting this. Yeah, I've got a department. It's maybe around 80 people. Wow. Um, and But we really do rely a lot on the enterprise. Mm -hmm. um, because the, over the 40 measures, there is a wide range of measures. And so some of those measures really is a 
an operational team may impact it and they're doing those operations for other reasons so an example i'll give is the resolution team so they're managing the grievances and appeals that are occurring but within all of the work that they're needing to do to meet all the compliance standards there's a couple things that they do that impact stars and compliance um, and being, you know, 100% compliant doesn't mean always performing at a five-star level. So we work really hard with that resolution team and with each of our um, operating teams to try and figure out how can we balance the work that they need to get done and try and push to that uh, high-performing star measure. You said 40 measures, so there's mm -hmm. 40 questions in Am I saying that correctly? Uh, no. So there's a, you know, and I always say 40 plus just because each year measures can come in and out. So there's between 40 and 45. Mm. Sometimes there's 46. Sometimes there's 43. It just depends mm. on what CMS decides. Gotcha. And there's just different categories mm. of measures. So there's HEDIS uh, measure, which is really around, I say, kind of that health outcomes piece where you're trying to drive preventative screenings. An example is getting a colon cancer screening, breast cancer screening. If you're diabetic, it's getting your eye exam, having your A1C, um, taking the test, but also having it in range. Uh, and so th those are the HEDIS measures. You then have what we, kinda, what we call patient safety measures, and those are around medication adherence. I'm partnering a lot with our pharmacy team and ensuring mm. um, that you have your adherence and you're filling your prescriptions, uh, depending on if you're a diabetic or you um, have heart disease, et cetera. And then uh, the other measures is there's a CAPS and HAS measure, and those are survey questions. So CAPS, I describe that as that is the member's perception of how the last six months has been around the healthcare system. So they're getting questions regarding Humana, uh, focused on did, when you called into customer service, did mm. they treat you with courtesy and respect? But they're also getting asked questions of when you went to your doctors, did you have to wait in the office for more than 15 minutes before you were seen? So there's questions that Humana can directly impact, but there's questions that these members are getting that we don't have direct impact on, but we need to influence and partner with our providers. There's then Haas, which is a health outcome survey, and I describe that as that's a member's perception of their health. And those questions are very similar and tied what what I think is tied to the bold goal around are you your mental and physical health. And so what happens is is you get the survey and it'll say, you know, rate your health, uh, your or sorry, you'll get the survey and it'll be uh, focused around um, your mental and physical health and are you maintaining or improving your mental and physical health and then two years later you'll get those same questions again hmm. and you have to score the same or better and so that's really hard because we don't get that membership data to know who got the survey and what their experience was with Humana oh. to understand where we could impact more um, and so that's really partnering with the enterprise to try and figure out do, how do we have some leading indicators Sure. And what are things, as well as you're giving these surveys to people who are aging, and aging mm -hmm. isn't easy. Sure. Uh, and and so uh, those are, um, you know, things we continue to think about and focus on. And how do we think about the full uh, population within Humana? And then there's measures that are focused more on what we say service operations. Uh, and making sure we're answering calls within the right amount of time, able to answer questions, 
being able to get um, the right interpreters for whatever language people need, mm. et cetera. So lots of other uh, measures within there as well. That's interesting. I mean, I have questions within those pieces. <laughs> uh, um, I like how and you Jessica, talk. Jessica, you yeah. beautifully describe mm-hmm. something that's so complex, but there's so much to I think you did a really great job giving us kind of a uh, explain like I'm five kind of side of it because it is, I had no idea your business area focused on so many of the, the quantitative and qualitative pieces that, that go into building out our products and that go into essentially like helping with behavior change for our members by helping to kind of guide and steer them towards better health outcomes. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. Oh, thanks. It's, and I mean, I think that's what's so great about the area and about Humana's focus as enterprise and where we're headed is there is no lack of support across the enterprise to help to try and achieve these goals. One, because again, we know this is what is needed to set up the right benefits for our members, but also um, just continuing to to focus um, on these results because they are important. And because of that, I think we've really focused over the last couple of years on how do we continue to educate the enterprise on what STARS is. So when you're an associate and you're sitting in a spot and you want to know if something is going to impact STARS, you're able to know enough to raise your hand and just ask the question. And and the worst thing is it may not impact stars, but the best, you know, but potentially it might. Mm-hmm. And so how do you ask that question and just raise your hand so we can make sure we have that end to end map to understand what that impact would be to stars. And it may negatively impact stars or positively impact stars. And what I always try and state is if it negatively impacts stars, we may choose as a business to still make that decision. But then we know about it. And we could predict what it does to our STARS results and adjust our strategy as necessary um, to pick up the other remaining, you know, STAR points or the other performance. Um, But I think the hardest thing is, is that when decisions are made and those impacts to STARS, we didn't know it. And now we don't have it in our predictive model. And then you get surprised and you can't adjust. Uh, And that's really over the last couple of years where the enterprise has focused on STARS so that, again, we may make those right business decisions Mm -hmm. that could have an impact to STARS. And we're able to put it in our predictive model and try to adjust as necessary. So STARS is specifically for Medicare, Medicaid members beneficiaries so that's yep. who you focus on yep are those folks correct and I do have a responsibility on the commercial side there's some quality metrics that need to be met mm. um, and so our team focuses on that as well as from an NCQA accreditation perspective we submit HEDIS as an NCQA requirement and there's hundreds of measures and only some of those measures are star measures But my team is responsible for submitting the data across Medicare, Medicaid, and commercial for HEDIS so that Humana continues to stay in CQA accredited. That's interesting. And, um, you know, I know our bold goal question is lower down, so I'm interested in how we're going to talk about that with the health outcome survey um, and how you connected that. And we'll also definitely include a brief summation in our show notes Mm -hmm. about what HEDIS means, what... Um, that cost health outcome survey means, and I have been saying the caps wrong. I've been calling it KHIP, 
So oh. I appreciate now knowing that I've, I'm not getting that one quite right. <laughs> no. um, but I will, I'll definitely help put together some um, content on that because that was kind of part of me preparing for this new role. So I'll definitely great. do that for our listeners so that you can keep in the know about all the great work that's going on in um, Justice Organization. Great. And I have a slide to just a one pager that explains oh, yeah. each of those measure categories. Um, and then it gives a quick example of, you know, what would be, you know, like when I said breast cancer screening for HEDIS. Mm -hmm. So it, each one of those has a specific example I can give. Oh, that's fantastic. We and so we'll test, that. yeah, we'll Good. attach that for okay. sure. Great. For sure. Um, so it's CAPS, is it C A P S? It's C A H P S. C A H. I knew there was an H, but didn't know. C A H P S. And what were you calling it, Brittany? I was calling it like K HIP. Oh, no. I, I can see where you got I, I that. I don't know where Me too. I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I guess I just started saying it and it stuck. And then um, I have a, a associate that works in the same office as me, and she's in Quoka. Yes. So I, I always, before I started my new role, I had her help explain to me what HEDIS was and what they, she meant by identifying like supplemental data gaps and everything. So yeah. understanding that piece that preventative healthcare is such a huge piece of seeing the overall picture of someone's health and making sure that our members do have preventative screenings. And it, it was very interesting seeing how we really are truly caring for our members, even if it might seem like it's a monotonous task of inputting data. It, it really is, in the end, going to help benefit our members. So that's, oh, I just love Humana. Yeah, you're exactly right. I think that's, and that's really where we're trying to make sure we're educating about STARS, because my guess is, is that there continues to be people out there that are impacting STARS and having those right health outcomes for our members uh, but they just don't know. And so I think it's really important that people continue to try and learn that and know that there's probably no matter what you're doing, you're impacting long term that member or the provider. Um, and and I, I do think that's what's great about working for Humana. Well, sure. And it starts with the Medicare re-enrollment. Yep. You know, when when they get on the call with a member, whoever, if the member yep. or, or their a prospect or their person mm -hmm. you know it starts there when you think about it because however that initial conversation is can totally um, rock the boat or yep. make it a smooth sell yep so uh did you talked about so now all these numbers have been you have um, a four star in certain yep. categories yep. so we have all these numbers what happens next what does your department just hand them over to who and then how do they make that change so how do they improve it? Yeah. Is that, if that's, that's too bold, if that's too bold. No, I, I, no, no. That's, that's the fun part. I'm just part. more curious. Yeah, no, that's the fun part. So um, ho hopefully what happens mm -hmm. is we have accurately predicted within a, you know, within a small range of error where we were going to end up. So the goal being that when we get a preview in the September timeframe, where we ended up, what are those star levels going to be that get uh, released in October. And hopefully, as Humana, we have accurately, there's no surprises, and we've accurately predicted within a certain range what that was going to be. And we did that because we have a predictive model that we run mm -hmm. every month. And so really what I say with, with those numbers is, is we should have been working all the way from January until we get that, focused on that next bonus year. 
and utilizing our predictive model to help guide us because we're, we're, we do a pretty good job of predicting where we're going to be at. And so we've created that strategy and we work with our operational areas. We partner mm-hmm. with the markets and, uh, we, you know, we partner as an enterprise on where do we need to focus and how do we um, move next? Because I think the key is, is how do you take your low performing measures and move them up? But because it's graded on a curve, you can't assume your high performance is going to stay high performance. Mm-hmm. So you've got to have a strategy across um, all of these measures. And so really focusing on that throughout the year. And then now in September, in October, we get our updated results. There will always be a surprise or two. Mm-hmm. A measure may jump and have gotten harder than we have predicted. Mm-hmm. And so how do you take those you know, October, November, and December and really focus on those measures where, one, they jumped up and got harder and we hadn't predicted it. Uh, and two, though, that gap is achievable and really jumping as an enterprise to go off after it. So I, I kind of look at it as in two phases. One is we are using data to create a strategy before January you know, 2019 got started. We're executing on that. We'll continue to pivot as our model shifts and changes. But, you know, again, we we feel like we're good at predicting and we're pushing on those right areas. Then CMS gives us additional data. We adjust. We figure out where as an enterprise can we go after and pick up additional star points. And that's where we get really tactical Mm. um, to try and and close those additional gaps as much as possible. So I I would say, um, you know, October is really important, but at the same time, along the way the work we're doing um, is, you know, hopefully we're focusing on all those right things because we're using the data we have to drive where we focus. And that's it for this episode. But our conversation isn't over. Make sure to text WNRG to 239-355 so you can catch part two next week. And that's it for this episode. This podcast is produced by Melissa Nichols. We also want to thank you for spending time with us this week. And we always want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts in our buzz group, WNRG podcast series, or by tagging us. We couldn't do this without you. Until next time, be intentional, stay curious, and inspire others.